how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. I'm Your Woman is a 1970s set crime drama that stars the marvelous Miss Maisel's Rachel Brosnahan. The story follows a woman when she's forced to go on the run with her baby when her husband betrays his crime partners. The film is directed by Julia Hart and co-written by Hart and her husband Jordan Horowitz. The duo have also created films like Fast Color, Miss Stevens, and Store Girl, among others. In this interview, Julia and Jordan discuss how their writing partnership works logistically, why writing partners need the same outlook on life, how to properly write a gender-bending film, and why Hollywood has such a misconception around it as an industry. If you enjoyed this interview, look for the print version on Creative Screenwriting's website. Um, so I've been a producer since I started, you know, say I left college. I went to school for theater and then uh, and minored in writing. But when I came out of school, I started um, uh, producing at first theater and then producing movies. Um, and um, we met, uh, and when we met, Julia was a teacher um, and and wasn't a, a writer, you know, had sort of said, oh, I, I like to write, but wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a, a writer by trade. Um, and then uh, probably, you know, we moved to LA. <laughs> I like the idea of me walking around saying, I like to write. <laughs> I like to write, but I'm not a writer by trade. She had a t-shirt. Um, and, uh, you know, we moved to LA about three years after we met or two years after we met, mm -hmm. we moved to LA. Um, and when we were here, I, you know, I was continuing to produce movies and she, uh, started writing more. She was still teaching, but started writing more. And then eventually sent me a, um, an outline for a movie called uh, The Keeping Room, uh, which is a movie that we eventually made. But that was the first thing that that she, that was, that was one of the earliest things she sent me that I really, really responded to. Um, and she wrote that on, on her own um, and wrote that script. The script found up on the blacklist. And then she left her teaching career and started writing. And she was just a writer. I was still a producer working at a company. But 
then there was a script, the script right after um, Stephen called Miss Stevens that we had been working on together. What was so funny? <laughs> the way I said keeping room. Did I? I'm sorry. For all the podcast listeners, I guess I said it weird. Um, there was this group called The Keeping Room and then Miss Stevens. Uh, and we, you know. Well, and it's, it's funny because, like, I studied playwriting in college. And and as you said, would go around saying I like to write. <laughs> and you had studied writing in college. Yeah, yeah, I studied writing. I was a and writing so, But you just never identified as one. And so it was funny, like, what started out on the scripts of The Keeping Room as being notes for you know notes as a producer on the script from Miss Stevens started to morph into well I have an idea for what that line should be or like what if you wrote it this way and slowly but surely it moved from writer producer to writer writer and it just took him a while to accept that I had to I basically had to force you to share credit with me on this because yeah. you were like no no I'm a producer I'm a producer and I was like no baby you're a writer and, you know, basically after that, we just started, because I had gotten a bunch of jobs as a writer while we were, you know, for hire as we were working on other stuff, but then. But then on Miss Stevens, yeah, but then on Miss Stevens, we took, we, we both took writing credit and then you obviously directed that movie. That was also the movie that, um, that jumped Julia from being a writer to a director. Essentially, our writing process, I think, because we didn't like meet as writers and meet as people choosing to be writing partners has just evolved so much over time. What started out, as I said, as producer, writer, and then evolved into writer, writer, and writers with very different skill sets, ultimately evolved to the two of us. You know, in the beginning of our relationship uh, as writers, I was mostly writing the dialogue, and Jordan was mostly focusing on structure and action lines. And now, you know, I don't know at this point how many scripts we've written together, like 12, 14 maybe? It it really is much more of a blend of us kind of both doing all of it together. Yeah. Yeah. I'll assume you, you kind of have the same taste in films, but what are some of the other like characteristics of a, a good writing partnership? I think having a similar, and, and, you know, it helps because you should also have this with someone that you're married with, <laughs> married to, um, but just a similar outlook on life. You know, neither one of us is a cynic. We're both very hopeful people who ultimately want to tell stories that while they might have darkness or explore the darkness that is inherent in the world, you know, we're both realists, but also optimists at the end of the day. And so I think it's really important if you're going to write someone or be married to someone to make sure that you, you know, you have a similar belief system in terms of like, what ultimately is it about the human condition that is, worth fighting for and wanting to tell stories about that yeah it's a beautiful answer i was going to say just don't take things personally <laughs> um, yeah i mean it's it, i think it's true in all aspects of of the entertainment industry you know i was always told this when i was an assistant working for producers just don't take things personally it's just you know it's just the job it's just work but you know when you're when you're working with someone on a creative endeavor uh, intimately like writing script together um, and we both, you know, I certainly had to learn this over once I started writing with Julia, but just not taking things personally, um, looking at it as the work, being open to um, alternate perspectives and, and different ideas than the ones you had. 
Um, yeah, it's not about correcting your partner. It's about making the work better. Yeah, it's about, I mean, ultimately, it's about collaboration. Yeah. Like that, that is a, being collaborative is a, is, a, is a real skill that you have to hone and um, refine over time. It sounds like you're also, you're both aware of your strengths and weaknesses, but what are some of the logistics look like? Do you, are you actually like at, looking at the computer at the same time, or is it more like you pass it off to each other? How does that kind of work day to day? Well, again, it's like, it's interesting how it's evolved over time because it used to be that because I started out as the writer, you know, we would, we would break story together and write the outline together, but then I would always sit down at the, at the blank page and write the first draft. And then I would pass it off to him and then he would rewrite the draft and we would go back and forth like that separately until we were down to more of the like things we were either disagreeing about or like nitty gritty detail stuff that we would actually be sitting in front of the same computer screen. But now we've started using, um, what's the function called on Final Draft? Like the love? collaborative writing. Well, yeah, whatever. collaboration, yeah. Yeah, which is amazing because we can both just be sitting at our computers typing on the same screen, but each have the full screen and keyboard to ourselves, which has been really great. But what, I mean, what it actually looks like is we're always in the same room. We share an office, um, you know, now in our, we're sitting in it right now. Obviously we're all homebound, but we, we have an office in our house that we share and we have like sort of one big desk with two sort of smaller desks off of it. And, and you know, I, 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 I used the word evolved multiple times and now, you know, like the last script we just wrote, Jordan wrote the first 15 pages, um, which I think was the first time I've written from a, that way. Yeah, just from page. a very blank page. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's the fun thing too, like I think in a good partnership is you're not just getting better at the things you're better at, at, but you're also getting better at the things your partner is better at. So you can both be kind of doing everything yeah. together. And we and we know what the other is, is, is good at too. And, you know, oftentimes when I'm rewriting something that she's written or she's rewriting something I've written, I'll just skip a scene and just leave a note for her. Um, and say, you need to rewrite the scene because you'll do a better job at it than I will. It needs to have this, you know, here's the pieces of information that need to be communicated, but you should write it. And then sometimes she'll do, you know, this sequence needs to look like this and, you know, you'll do a better job of, of putting that sequence down in, in a, in a way that, that feels, that feels right. So yeah, that, um, is, that is the fun thing about having a, par a writing partner is that, you know, you can like, you can skip the thing that you're less good at. <laughs> yeah, you let it, them and it, it, take a stab at it. It gives you like the opportunity to just like, in in some ways, it just like reduces the pressure on having yeah. to get it right yourself yeah. and like having to like struggle and be like, no, I have to get the scene right. You can just, I mean, obviously you can always skip it and come back to it later, but I can skip it and never have to come back to it and hope that she gets it right. And usually she does. So that's, that's always a, a positive thing. Well, tell me about your latest film. Where did this idea come from for I'm Your Woman? So we love, I would say, other than writing together or hanging out with our kids, probably our favorite thing to do together is watch movies. Oh, and eat. We also love to eat together. Yeah. But we watch a lot of movies. Um, you know, sometimes we'll get into, like, especially, you know, on, on Criterion, like, it's so great, the collections that they have. Like, we spent all of October watching the 70s horror collection. Um, but sometimes we'll, like, make our own little you know, film festivals. Like I remember right before he made La La Land, we did like a whole, we did a whole musical, musical festival, festival in our living room. But anyway, like, I started developing it, yeah. right. Um, but uh, uh, when we were starting to come up with the idea for Amir One, we were watching a bunch of 70s 
crime dramas and 70s crime thrillers. Uh, and it was when we were in particular watching Thief for the first time, Michael Mann's first film that we love and have watched many times since that we started to come up with the idea of, you know, all, all of those movies have these amazing actresses in supporting roles, but at a certain point in the movie, the movie, you know, they kind of go one way and the movie goes another. If the man gets thrust into the, the action and the underbelly of the crime world, the woman is often whisked away to safety. And so we thought to ourselves, would it be interesting to follow that woman and her story, sort of the, the story that's running parallel to the movie that, you know, we've all seen. And so that was the, the beginning of the kernel of the idea for Jean and her story. Yeah, and, and very often what we like to do with genre exploration is instead of saying, what is this traditional genre story? You know, if it was normally told by a man, can we peel out the man and just put a woman in, but still hitting the same beats of, of a, that the male character traditionally hit? Instead, what we like to do is say who were women, who were people of color in these in these pictures traditionally. And instead of peeling one out and replacing it with something else, we just sort of say, what happens if we shift the, the gaze of the camera elsewhere? What is the story being told over in that corner as opposed to in the center of the room? And uh, often what happens is if you pull that thread a bit, you wind up with a lot of the trappings of the genre piece, but something that feels like uh, a little bit more uh, distinct and different from what the genre traditionally was. And it's a fun way to, to explore genre, but do it in ways that, you know, are exciting and new to us. What are some of the benefits of also like setting the, the film or the story in the seventies as well? I mean, other than specifically wanting to explore those women in those movies, I think part of what's so intriguing decades later about those films is how much they capture the spirit of America in the 70s, because that's what we're talking about ultimately are American crime dramas and crime thrillers. Um, the paranoia, the in-betweenness, you know, in, in between the 60s and ultimately obviously where we ended up going in the 80s and 90s, like it was this this period of, of unrest and uncertainty and the paranoia that resulted from that was so beautifully captured in those films and we thought you know we really were exploring the white male paranoia of the period in the country and what would it be like to explore those same sentiments through a woman and through this black family that we don't often get to see the inner inner workings of and emotional life of in those films since they're only usually in, in a handful of scenes and then also the way in which a lot of those same sentiments uncertainty, fear, paranoia can play into new parenthood. And when we first came up with this idea, it was around the time we first became parents. And, you know, as amazing and life-changing for the better becoming a parent is, you're also responsible for this completely helpless, completely wonderful new life. And there's so much responsibility and, and work that has to go into that. And so we love the way that all of those things came together. Was there additional research involved to, to kind of cover some of those aspects or is it more about just capturing the genre and then following the characters? Um, we did, we, Julia loves to do research and she was a teacher. So she's definitely the, the, the bigger researcher of the two of us. So I can, I can dive down rabbit holes too. <laughs> but we also had a, um, uh, after we, we were getting to production, we had a trumpeter, a historian um, come on specialized specifically in um northeastern america in the 1970s yeah yeah and he was great 
we got a lot of really wonderful uh, small details from him and um, uh, talked a lot about, you know, what, what, what was happening in the seventies at that time, what kind of jobs these people might've held. Um, uh, My favorite detail he gave us was that the wine bottle that the neighbor brings over should be a bottle of Chianti in a basket weave. Because that was super, super popular and in that part of the country yeah. at the time. So we loved, like, he, you know, we, we had bigger conversations with him about the American psyche in the 1970s, but then also about, like, what kind of wine a neighbor would bring over yeah. to your house. Yeah. And so that was a really awesome experience. But, you know, we, we really wanted it. We didn't want to just research, like, everything that was happening in, like, 1975. We really wanted it to feel authentic to the way real life feels, that there are, you know, cars from the late 60s and a song from the 50s and a hairstyle from 1970 and a, a, a brand new dress from 1975. You know, we really wanted it to feel like real life and not like a quote-unquote period piece. This might be a question more for Jordan, but what are some things you look for in a screenplay as a producer and how have you kind of weave that into your writing process? Yeah, I, I sort of touched on this a little bit uh, when I was talking about our approach to genre, but I think this, you know, I can broaden that out a little bit. In, in general, the thing that I look for are stories that feel both uh, familiar and accessible, but also uh, distinctive and fresh, right? So things that you, I don't want to say feel like you've seen before, but feel like you, uh, that there's a certain set of expectations that an audience has about the way a story can be. And so it's, it's something that they can feel easy inside of in a way um, that they can access in a way that feels comfortable for them, but then finding a way to take those um, comfortable expectations and subvert them and surprise people so that they ultimately feel much more modern, much more distinctive, much more fresh and like something they haven't seen before inside of something they have seen before. Um, you know, La La Land, I think, is a great example of that. And I think I'm your woman, you know, we're striving for a similar thing. Um, in that it is a traditional genre piece. And, you know, a lot of people know these crime dramas from the 70s, but um, don't know that you have seen it about these characters before. So that tends to be something that I look for in scripts that I read as a producer. And then I always keep that in the back of my head when I'm uh, when I'm writing. And, and then, you know, and then sorry, the offshoot of that is, is stuff that feels very uh, character centric that tends to be um, something that I like and something that we like to do in our work, which is, which is tell story through character, tell story through dialogue. Um, uh, you know, we, humanity and, um, and humanism in general is, is something that is very important to us as a pursuit. And for Julia, before you were, you know, writing professionally, what were maybe some misconceptions you had about screenwriting? What, what were some things that kind of decided, made you make that decision to write your first screenplay and start pursuing it as a career? Such a good question. Um, <laughs> I I think there's a lot of misinformation about what quote unquote Hollywood is really like. Um, maybe I've just been lucky and I know that I am lucky and privileged in a lot of ways in my life in general. But, you know, just this idea that like the studio is going to like ruin your picture or like not let you make it the way you want to or your writing is going to just get changed by some hack or whatever like there's just a lot of like negativity out there in terms of how the system works 
And I think that's because we forget until we're inside of things that it's individual people yeah. and you have a choice about which individual people you work with and which individual people you avoid. Um, but I've, I've been so blessed since the, since the beginning of my career in film to have just worked with some really wonderful people, some really passionate, creative, supportive people who are great to collaborate with and make me a better writer. And then, you know, later on in my career, a better director. So, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a lot more of a, um, a caring community than I think it maybe appears to be on the outside. I mean, just to build on that, I, I think it's, it's, and we talked about collaboration a little bit earlier, but like, the way that you choose to collaborate and who you choose to collaborate with are very much within your control. Um, and if you're lucky. It, yeah, I mean, you, well, you, get yes. to, you get to a certain point in your career and you have the privilege of that choice. People, there are certain people early on who might only have access to that's true. certain executives or certain producers. Yes, that's totally true. Um, and like, and we understand how lucky we are to have that access. And we, we do a lot of paying it forward. Like we, find young writers who don't or writers of any age who just haven't been given the opportunities that we've been given and so we definitely look to bring more people and more voices into the industry that haven't had that opportunity yet sure so you mentioned um i think you said you wrote about you've written about 12 scripts together i see at least five on imdb if not more so are these other ones, um, is it about timing? Are they things that might not get made? Like what are, how often are you guys writing? Do you balance between scripts, things so like done, that? So we've done, um, uh, you know, we've done, we've done the movies that we've made together. Um, and then, you know, we, we sometimes do writing jobs together, um, you know, be it rewrites of other scripts or original ideas that we're hired to do. And then we also, or book adaptations that we've been hired to do. Um, and then there's also, you know, one or two scripts that we have that are original things that we're, you know, waiting till the right time comes around to make them. Um, but yeah, there's always that, there's always those one or two scripts you got hired to write that, you know, the studio for one reason or another didn't make. And it always breaks your heart because I don't know if you're worth, if you're worth your weight, you, you, you treat every script like it's the most important script you've ever written. It's not like, oh, this is just a job for hire. This isn't my passion project. You know, we put, we put our whole brains into whatever script we're writing. And so it's, it's, it's always hard when those don't get made. But that's the nice thing about where we're at now in our careers is really, you know, really we're mostly writing original scripts for us to make together. And we feel really grateful that we are getting to do that now. Do you think so? I've heard like advice before from people like to write seven bad scripts, assuming you're starting kind of from zero. <laughs> Do you think that maybe just people are not hard enough on their first drafts or they're not putting enough maybe research in? Like, what do you think is like maybe for Jordan, some of the bad scripts you might get or read? What do you think those missing pieces? <laughs> I don't know exactly. It, it, it's hard to say. I don't think there's any one right answer to that. My answer to the question of like what people should do is they should find trusted partners um, and in particular producers. I think producers can be very, very helpful um, with writers processes, um, having people to not just bounce, bounce ideas off of, but people to help you interrogate the story that you're telling and help you figure out why you want to tell it the best way to tell it. Uh, a good creative producer um, 
I think is is some is is somebody that is really important to have in your corner as a young writer. Um, and it can be a young producer. It can be anybody, just somebody that you trust who who specifically wants to be doing the work of a producer. Um, I think that is is something that um, that a lot of young writers, you know, sometimes, and I think it's changing, but certainly when I was coming up as a producer, producers, I, I always felt like producers didn't have the best reputation, um, you know, in terms of what, and people are always like, well, what do producers do anyway? You know, like, that's always a question. Uh, and I think that, you know, my answer to that is always they are the people who have the project's best interest in mind. They're probably the only people who have the project's best interest in mind and can do that in some ways that from the most objective uh, point of view. Um, and they're also the people that are pushing all of their collaborators to be working to the highest of their potential. Um, that, in my mind, is the best way to talk about what producers do. So any young writers out there with scripts, you know, I, I would first and foremost, try to get it into the hands of, of producers, be they young producers or seasoned producers. Um, they can be very helpful uh, with helping craft those stories. How much time uh, maybe goes into, so let's say you're watching some movies in the 70s and talking about a, a character, like how long do you guys talk about a project before you put something down the page? Well, I think that's where it, there are many reasons that having my writing partner also be a producer comes in handy. But one of the biggest is like how quickly he kind of knows whether something feels like a movie or not. And it's funny because sometimes he'll challenge me. Like I remember when I first told him this idea, he was like, mm, I'm not sure. And he pushed me to have to like do more and have more answers. Like I'm always scared to, when I'm first bringing up a, a new idea to Jordan because I know he's going to ask me like the two questions I didn't think to have answers to. Um, but it really is after I would say like the first couple of conversations about a thing. And also if like we wake up thinking about it, like if we can't stop thinking about the idea and wanting to get to writing it, then we really know that we've got something. And then once we start to outline and we're starting to see the whole picture fleshed out, it, it starts to go pretty quickly. I'll also say that the thing where I can challenge Julia and ask questions works a lot less well now that we have such an established like, co-writing <laughs> relationship because now I'll say that and she'll be like, I don't know, you're a writer too, figure it out. <laughs> so that's always, uh, that's always 